0: divine androgen. I guess it would kind of be like saying that you're a monk or, or a practitioner of magic or something like that. Maybe it depends on what path you walk. See, one of the things I noticed as I started to come out and started to identify as non-binary, I started to realize that there was no spiritual path for people like me. Like, I mean, there were some things, like indigenous people, but I don't want to culturally appropriate. I didn't grow up on a reservation. And I think Two-Spirit is great, and I want them to keep it. And I felt like I had to define my own path, because I didn't have a huge background in these things and so I started to explore things and of course some religions shame us right and then there's some religions that don't even include us like Wicca I went to many rituals and never not once did they mention someone that was both or neither gender or god or goddess unless you asked and then they would often have a goddess or something but there was no language for it and so as I started my own spiritual path, my own path of holistic learning, I learned that I really needed a spiritual path in order to be who I was. Like, I felt like it was part of humanity. It was part of being a human. And I needed to be celebrated in my spiritual path. I needed to be seen. And I didn't want any of the shame. So that's not for me. That's theirs. And so as I started to unfold, I started to realize that I have my own path and each one of us actually do. You do. Everybody does. Has their own spiritual path that they're to unlock. Your authenticity is in your heart just like it was in mine. There were some things I had to go through to unlock those keys to get closer to who I really was inside. Because all of us are divine conscious beings. And you have to work through some weird stuff sometimes like cultural norms and gender roles and, gosh, mental health and the crap your parents programmed in there. Sometimes we have to unfold that out. And when we do, we get to an authentic surface, an authentic person when we move through those surface things. And when we find our authenticity, we can go deeper. We can love deeper. We can love ourselves deeper. We can love other people deeper. And we can enjoy our life fuller and more, and feel more complete by the time it comes time to, you know, end. Because we all die. None of us get out of a lie. So just consider As you start to identify and find your gender is not something that was given, that is not something that was, you know, assigned to you when you were born. As you start to realize your gender expression, no matter what it is, I'm talking to the drag queens, the drag kings, the gay guys, transgender people, non-binary people, gender neutral people all of us. We're all here for a reason. The divine sent us here. We're all here to define our own path. Make it what it is. Follow that part of you that doesn't follow the rules. The part of you that doesn't do what other people are doing. Because that part of you will lead you To the path you need to be on. And you will manifest the beautiful things that the world desperately needs. All of us are where we need you. We need you to step up and bring your most beautiful light to the world. And I hope that that's what this book does. That my book, Divine Androgen, A Sacred Path for Gender Variant People and this channel will inspire you to find out who you are and open it up to the world and deliver it. As if we were all waiting for it, but we didn't know what we were waiting for exactly. Show us what that is.
1: Both Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the Rainbow Soul.
0: Hey everybody, welcome!
1: It's so good to see everybody. It's Hollis and Bright Hawk. Hey there, good to be back on Rainbow Soul. Happy Halloween, everyone! Yeah, Happy Halloween, Happy Saman, whichever one or both that you celebrate.
0: Hi, Tanya. Okay. Hi, hey. welcome. Hey. And hey, Sandy, it's so great to see you.
1: Yeah. And whoever,
0: yes, whoever put this up. It only lists you as Facebook user. So that means you have to allow StreamYard to stream to your Facebook, by the way. So So I'm just going to say, first of all, it's a beautiful, wonderful day. I am so grateful to be celebrating Samhain today on Rainbow Soul. And Samhain is such a special, special day. And anyway, before we get started, I'm Hollis Taylor and I'm the author of the book, divine androgen. It's a sacred path for gender variant people. It's all about uncovering who you are. It's got my story in the first half, including all of the trauma that I entailed. And the second part is about uncovering who you are and defining your own path and harvesting the spirituality that you have. It's not about religion, just so you know. It's more about defining your own path, maybe exploring religions, but that's about it so i hope you check it out i'm hoping to get it on audible soon and also tell us who
1: you are well i'm bright hawk i'm a i guess you could say i'm a sound healer i'm a musician and i'm a storyteller i'm the author of a book called the dancing hippo which is a really wonderful book about resilience it's beautifully illustrated and it is gender free i'm very proud of that so that every child can see themselves in every character So it's really pretty. Let's go that way. (laughs) Amanda Moore illustrated it. You can see more about it on my site, Bright Hawk Productions. And um, I'm excited to be here and talk about a very important topic to me, honoring our ancestors and the sacred work around that. And I'm excited that we have some friends that are going to join us in this sacred celebration.
0: Yeah. And, oh, by the way, Bright Hawk, you should tell him, she has a sale on that book. Ah. Yeah, uh, right now, if you order the book, you get the free ebook, which, well, she did the music and the storytelling, <laughs> but I did the engineering part. And so you can preview the ebook at her website, brighthawkproductions.com. So, in the meantime, it is Samhain or Halloween. Depends on who you are. Some people celebrate both. Either way, I would love to have a couple of people. He, I invited a couple of people that I find that might be interested in being part of this ritual and talking about salon today. So the first person that I'm gonna bring out is, well, they, they're actually really talented at rhyming. And I know that they also are sort of like part of the fire tending crew and stuff like that. And we know each other actually by being online but we kind of know the same tribe which is kind of an unusual thing but it happens and so the first person that i'm going to bring out is cricket hey
2: cricket welcome hey, everybody hey guys well Thanks.
0: cricket tell us a little bit more about you because i know you also do like tarot and stuff
2: i do i do i i have been an eclectic pagan for probably 25 something years um, and Byron Ballard actually had a great post the other day, if you know her, uh, one of the uh, wonderful bards in the pagan community, of uh, musicians, and, um, there was a picture of what witches look like. And she just wanted people to make this thing go viral, right? It's been going all over the place and it's just people having their morning coffee, out walking their dog, whatever. And right. So we come in all shapes and sizes, man, and, I started out as a solitary and eventually found a group to um, perform or, you know, be an audience member at a public ritual. And that led to the pagan um, community festival circuit, right? Uh, the Tribes get together at various events over the summer. And that's how you and the three of us all know each other because we know so many of the same people that go to both or many of these gatherings. and. So yeah, I've just over the years found the place because there's so much to magic. There really is. You can you can choose so many paths. And I found myself gravitating towards the fire tribe and doing, you know, fire performance art and fire building for the festivals that I would attend. Um, and also herbalism, a green witch, right? with um, medicine making and so forth. And my nursing background comes in there. And then, yeah, I love to play with divination. So tarot and writing the... Um, Invocations, like I wrote for tonight, you know, um, is another thing that I like to do. And to be witches do rhyme. (laughs) We rhyme. Um, So, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me, said the Libra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome, Cricket. I'm so glad you're here. And, I mean, I am the other person that I invited was actually here last week with us. And she is a medium and also... I'm a fellow pagan, so I'm going to bring my friend Donna out. Donna, welcome. So good Hi, everybody. <laughs> Donna, um, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and tell us about your mediumship
3: and stuff? Sure. Um, The mediumship came after tarot reading. I was taught to read tarot when I was eight years old. My grandmother read tarot and did astrology. So I was semi-familiar with astrology. Ironically, my mother was an herbalist, but I didn't like her enough to learn from her. So I learned <laughs> that much later in life. And um, uh, and I have a gift of knowing when people are very, very sick. And usually I can pinpoint what it is, not necessarily the name of it, but kind of like, you know, that thing is rattling in your car on the right hand side in the back, you know, <laughs> And I've got this gift for it. And people that know me will call me and say, what do you think? (laughs) You know? Um, And also I've been brought many times to uh, people's deathbeds because I have a whole different perspective on death, um, which led me to being encouraged by some other mediums that yes, you can. (laughs) What are you talking about that you can't? I said, well, I know all my own ghosts. I don't know everybody else's though. (laughs) And I have learned now to be able to channel and, and 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 pull in those things. I had a very interesting night last night, actually. Um, with oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real interesting. Yeah.
0: Wow. And with the veils are thin, and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today. Is like, mm. first of all, what what's going on right now? It's Salen. Why do we celebrate, and what are we celebrating? Right. Like, that's. I think that's one of the things that we need to touch on because Samhain, um, it's actually i believe the word came from like the celtic tradition right yes
1: yeah it so it actually means summer's end sawen and it has that funny spelling cuz mm-hmm. celtic and gaelic words they have zero resemblance to english sounds yes and so the alphabet can be very like confuzzling cuz the you'll see words that letters that you think you know the sounds to but it's it's not <laughs> so technically celtic yes it's celtic and it technically means summer's end it's about the end of the harvest the you know the end of the season the the beginning of the uh, land going you know everything's been harvested the land's going to go fallow for the winter you know rest you know the i think halloween has a lot of roots with the egyptian the mummification process right and and the connection to the dead and I think the, the obvious. We obviously we we talk a lot about the veils are thin, but you know what do you, what do you guys think? What are some of your takes about soin? I know, I know. Where it was a holy day when I was growing up. I remember my mom going to church on November first and All Saints' yes. Day, and that kind of religious part of it.
3: And I, I remember that also, but it's also. Um... I don't know. It's a transitional time of year. Not only does the weather transition, um, I, I, you know, I've lived enough cycles to know that I transition at this time of the year. Um, I, I have uh, started jobs. In fact, I had a post up today about the fact that I had been sitting with my niece today. I had sat with my father today while he was passing. My niece today while she was passing. I have so many November deaths that oh, I have. Wow set and and knowing that even though the stars might have not have aligned on the 31st they aligned somewhere within this next couple of weeks you know um and and that coming closer i can feel um even more so than i do the rest of the year put it that way um so there there is something to that and i also consider it a new year this is a new time this is a new you know beginning um and, and uh, like I said, I've started jobs. I've moved on October 31st, you know, like it's, it's just, maybe I'm just lucky enough for it to be in my cycle.
1: I don't know. But. <laughs> you know what? You just reminded me. I moved from the East coast to Colorado on October 31st October. in 1998. Wow. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put that together. I just, all of a sudden I was like, wait, wait a second. I've,
3: <laughs> well, actually, actually, my, my uh, partner um, told me today, he said, I, you know, I, I retired from the army, you know, um, I guess it's been almost 15 years now, you know, on October 31st. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and would you guys agree that it, it sort of feels like, and of course, in the Jewish tradition, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it is the new year. Mm-hmm. And it sort of feels like from Rosh Hashanah to I would say my birthday, winter solstice, that mm-hmm. there is the thinning of the veil. It's not just October yeah. 31st. I feel like this there's this this yes,
3: Yes. yes. yes.
1: And
2: <laughs> it does it does mark an anniversary period. Um my birthday is in October, so I've always felt like the whole month was, you know, a, a celebratory time and an anniversary to mark the beginning of the next year. For myself personally so it never occurred to me that you know not everybody thought of October that way and then when I discovered that um, pagans and other various traditions do think of October and of Stalin that way it really um, gave a whole deeper meaning to the love I already have for Halloween right I mean, pagans love costumes and rituals and games and fun and parties so that was like an easy crossover and to also have the opportunity to honor the dead. You know, by the time I was really um, doing small rituals at home with my children when they were young, um, my mother had passed. You know, I was was only in my, what, mid-30s. And um, the girl's bio dad had lost his father when he was about 10. So to be able to kind of put death into perspective and, you know, because my kids were at the bedside in our house when my mom passed, and to be able to build an altar and to have traditions that we made for ourselves, Um, you know, there's a tradition um, of leaving food out for the dead in in various cultures, and uh, the one that we liked that was very entertaining for us was to leave out an apple somewhere. So, we've done it, like, on our own property, like, you know, sat around and, and talked about who we were thinking of, which of our ancestors and so forth. And then we would place these apples. And as the kids got older, we even actually would go to um, cemeteries because a lot of cemeteries at this time of year, right, have historical tours and things like that. And that's what we were doing, you know, and just to quietly walk through a beautiful old cemetery and feel the, the, energy of the ancestors you know of how many people have passed before us and we would like leave our apples at different you know headstones because the name amused us or one year I left one at the headstone of a young child who was the same age as my daughter was when she was in the ICU and didn't die so that kind of gave me a big moment of meditation and right so there's a lot of ways that we can connect With the dead, even and honor, the ancestors, and they don't have to be ours, you know, (laughs) so that if we had a difficult connection with a biological relative and we're not ready to receive a message from that person. And like Donna was saying, um, I'm not as adept at controlling it, but the dead that speak to me are usually the ancestors of people that don't want to talk to them. So a lot of times, like someone's mom will come to me and be like, you know, I know I was a really bad, abusive mother and so-and-so doesn't <laughs> want to hear it from me. But if you can work this into the conversation, I'd like to say this. And at first I would ignore it. And eventually I was like, you know, these are important messages because as uh, Hollis pointed out the other week, right? The minute people die, they're no longer in this shell anymore and they shed all of that. You know which i've been turning over in my mind because that really is also what this night is about is understanding some of the dark shadow side of our ancestors and what that gave to us and brings forth for us
0: right yeah and i feel like Samhain um at first it was it was okay we're honoring the dead like in my early 20s i didn't really get it until my dad died And then I had to deal with not only my own processing of that, which was a big deal for me. We were very close. Um, And my dad was a good person, you know, for me. And uh, my son was a little one, you know, he was like eight. So he was old enough to process it. But I had to figure out not only my own crap very quickly, but his too, wow. um, and I found we were already involved in the pagan community, so it was pretty easy for me to just scoop it up and be like, oh, look, we can set an extra place at the dinner table and honor um, you know, my father, and that became a tradition very quickly in my family um, with, you know, with me, with my son, um, but of course my growing up, I didn't have, there was no, we didn't do any tradition. We barely talked about people dying. Um, you know, it was like, oh, so-and-so
2: died. Okay.
3: And that, like, that's right. That's the end of that.
2: Yeah. You like, find out at a, at a Thanksgiving, cause there was an empty plate or that person wasn't there. Oh, when is Tonto so-and-so going to get here? Oh no, no. She died two months ago. We didn't want to upset you.
0: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> that, I Thank you for that. But I, what if I wanted to say something about it? Because I have memories and stories and emotion and connection, right? That right. doesn't end her having been in my life, that person having been in my life or me having lived through that experience. You know, yeah. It doesn't take it from us at all. It's, we're sad. Someone's gone. We feel like we can't reach them even though many people have shared the experience, right, of having that person sit right next to them at some point or walking into a room that smells like that person just walked out of or being so certain that, right, so they are still right there, but we don't, we're sad that we can't touch them in this physical realm. But we might want to have something to say about it. We might want to have a night to honor it. We might want to talk to our friends who might have a message from them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and
0: I think, for me, uh, as a five-year-old who was standing next to the bed of what I've seen as my grandmother die. Um, she was actually a woman. It was just my babysitter's mom, but in my world, my babysitter was my mom. Right. Okay. And so then this was her mother and she was very present in my life up until that point. And then she died. And so for me, I witnessed her death and no one processed that with me. So, um, Mm. no one, no one had anything to say. Everybody just thought I was weird. And if I mentioned
3: anything about it,
2: it doesn't concern you. You're a child. Oh my God. Yeah.
3: And that, that (laughs) happened to lots of people. In fact, my partner, he, he, he lost his dad very early in life. No one ever said, are you okay? I, you know, like, how are you feeling? Right?
2: My mom sat in the hallway when her mother died. She went to the hospital and it was happening. And her sister said, I did dad, you do mom. So my poor mother went to the hospital alone and went in and said something, I don't know, and last rites. And then she went and sat in the waiting room to be, you know, told that it was over now. That was... (laughs) Right. Right. And then the type of nurse I became and the amount of death that I have been present for and including my own children that were about your age, like you were just describing So I was listening very acutely because they do still have feelings about it. They were about that age. And um, but we did prepare them and talk about death openly. And there are wonderful children's books now that you can um, home hospice has a whole library for family members to help understand and um, process their own emotions about this.
0: And I found that having Samhain every year helped my son. Absolutely. It helped us. It helped him and I process the death of my father, which was impactful to both of us. He was young. You know, he was only like about eight years old. And um, he was very close to his grandfather. It was really the only grandparent that he had that was present. And so I think um, having some sort of yearly ritual where you honor the dead, where you set an extra place at the dinner table, or you say, thank you, ancestors, you light a candle for them, you know, and it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, And I just think that 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 process of sound and i think that's why sound is a beautiful holiday
1: so one of the things that i learned only as i got older and i'm of a uh, latin background which is why i'm wearing my my uh say the jacket <laughs> <laughs> mariachi whatever you want to call it um is, Dia, of course, Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. And, um, you know, the the main concept there about honoring your dead is those who are remembered never die, right? And there's, of course, a beautiful film, Coco, uh-huh. that explains Dia de los Muertos beautifully. I love that little film. But here's, here's how spirit works, right? Here's irony of all ironies. I was working in a corporate job. I um, had you know, number of years where I worked in a telecommunications company. And um, I happened to be gone the day we were planning how the Halloween thing was going to go on the floor, but they decided every hallway was going to have a theme. Everybody was going to decorate to the theme and the vice presidents were going to come around and judge everybody's Halloween decorations. We did all blah, blah. Right. So I show up. I haven't haven't participated in the pre-meeting and they look at me and they say, Your theme is Dia de los Muertos. And I look at them and I'm like, seriously? (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) I wouldn't have been so presumptuous to give it to myself, but here it is. Boom. And this was the year that I felt like I got a PhD in death and dying. It was 2006. And the year began with my sister's husband dying, my brother-in-law, who was 51, dying in the arms of his seven-year-old son, his 13-year-old daughter, his wife of 20 years, my sister. And this was also the beginning of me playing music for his passing. So I got my hand pan, my Hong pan art in 2005. And in 2006, it was like, became crystal clear to me what my mission was, what my purpose in life was. And so first was being with him in the ICU and helping them say goodbye. And then uh, 15 weeks later, it was my dad. And I played for him while he literally transitioned. And that was a profound experience. And then six weeks later, oh, oh, no, no, sorry. First my sister, then my dad. So first William, 15 weeks later, Teresa, my oldest sister, and then six weeks later, my dad, super intense year, right? So we get to Dia de los Muertos and I'm like, I've got some shrines to build. So I built collages for each of the, their three lives with pictures of the kids and their life, them in their lives, covered the whole place with marigolds, <laughs> had bowls of all their favorite treats and sweets. Um, just everything I could think of that honored William, honored Teresa, and honored my dad. <clears throat> and this was all in my tiny little cubicle office. That's, you know, what, 10 by 10 or something. <laughs> and, um, and then I was gone. I was off to Vegas for the uh, bone dance and the Witches and Wizards Ball and whatnot. And I asked my friends, so how did it go? And they were like, you will not believe the VPs got to your office and everybody, everything stopped. And they just sat and they read and they, they ate some of the candies and the sweets and they they took in every single stride. And I was like, wow, these people are going to know me like nobody in this company because of that experience. That's what honoring our dead can do for us. It's like, we, we get, we get a gift. And that it goes both ways. You know, this is a, this is a, a a living relationship. And they are just waiting for us to say, could you help me? Or could you guide me a little? (laughs) And, and it's been such a, from 2006 to now that experience, of course, how could it not change me every bit of me? And of course pointed the way to take your time to heal and grieve, but you're going to help others this way because now, you know, this path really well. And it was each person's experience, like one was sudden death, one was after a long life, and one was after a long illness. And so it was like, each one was a different experience. Each one had different lessons and 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 gifts. And it's, I am such a huge fan of Dia de los Muertos because there's so, there's so many hidden gems that you won't even know until you do the process. <laughs> And the
0: one thing I want to say, especially to the LGBTQIA community, is that it does not have to be people that you are related to. For sure. Um, When we say honor your ancestors, and I think most pagans and witches would agree, it does not have to limit you to those people. And in fact, you don't even have to know the person. You can just know that they're gone. Um, We have a day in November, I believe it's November 11th, um, that's called Transgender Day of Awareness. And I'm always like, why can't we have that on November 1st? Because for me, all of those transgender people that were murdered, all of them are my ancestors. Every drag queen that was ever murdered on her way out of a show, those are my ancestors. My ancestors are just, are all of those people, you know, all of the queers that died in the Holocaust, all of the queers that have been murdered around the world, those are my ancestors. And that is my family, the rainbow community, as long as they've been alive for all of the years that humanity has been here, all of the years that we've been prosecuted that we've had to hide, um, and that we've been murdered and everything else that's happened to the queer community in all of these years, frankly, those are all my ancestors. Hmm. And even when I do drag, um, I call in my drag queen ancestors. I feel like I have numerous drag queen ancestors, including some that I did know. And those are also my ancestors. And I honor them. You know, I have pictures on my on my altar of them year round of drag queens that were part of my drag family that passed away. Um, and I knew them personally. And so that's sometimes I just want to say that because a lot of us LGBTQIA people may feel like, well, I don't really want to connect with my family. And I totally get it. Cause you know what? I cut the cord with my family a long time ago and I don't think that they deserve me at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so (laughs) like, like, I'm just like, you don't deserve my energy. You just don't. And so, uh, I don't know the one person that was really important to me was my father and he's passed. So, um, he's still my ancestor, but outside of that, You know, I have like an aunt and stuff that's all overdosed on drugs and blah, blah, blah. But they don't, I don't feel any connection to them. Um, My connection is to the drag queens and to the queers that have died before us. Because when you think about them, you know that they came in like with their machete and however way they did and cleared a path for us. Because if they hadn't been who they were at that time we wouldn't be standing here right now having rainbow soul. Mm,
3: Exactly. Mm.
0: Yeah. If, if, you know, Stonewall didn't happen, we wouldn't be doing this right now Mm. because that's how we got here. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how we can um, be alive and be out. And I can be on a, a public broadcast and say, I'm a queer and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. So, um, and I I feel like that's really important. That's really important for us to honor. And that's really important for us to recognize that those are our ancestors too. And I want to, I don't know who this person is, Facebook user. Hi, I wish I knew who you were. I feel like I have a much better relationship to some of my blood relatives after they pass through the veil. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. For sure. (laughs) It's my my friend Dakini. Hi, Dikini. Hi. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if you guys have had that experience, but a better relationship after someone passes. Yeah,
1: I totally have. Uh, My brother-in-law, he was very sweet, but he would really step out of the way. He's like, oh, you're not here to talk to me. You're here to talk to Katie. So I, I didn't really feel like I knew him very well until after he passed. And then I felt like I had a whole new relationship with him. It really caught me off guard because it wasn't, it wasn't like I was trying to will it to happen or, you know, invent a conversation. It was just boom. And I was like, wow. And there was so much, um, a feeling of mutual appreciation and respect for each other. And, uh, That was really, really neat. And then I realized that that was available in a lot of different forms. How about you guys? Yeah, I had um,
2: a very significant experience when my mom died. We were not close, um, but she did live at our house at the end of her time and died at at our home. And afterwards, um, not right away, but I would have dreams with her in them
1: mm-hmm. and
2: when I was alive and I would have dreams with her in them, it would be me like finally saying my piece or what, you know, with lava raining down from the skies and stuff. But these dreams were, we didn't talk at all in some of them. In one of them, um, we just hugged and we never hugged in real life. And it was the most, really, I, yes, yeah, so you put your hands up for right, hug. It was the most, real, loving, tender Mm. hug I have ever shared with her in our entire lives. And it was maybe five years after she passed, because I had some processing to do about some things. But it really changed my view. I still am working on things, you know, and people have said some very profound things this week about coming to terms with the fact that those that were challenging for us, are our ancestors too in some way, whether we choose to connect with them or not and how to work with that shadow side. So I've been paying attention. Um, I think it's I, I could handle that, that workshop now. But um, that first dream was, wow. Yeah, it was a gift. It, it's, it took me, like you said, I, completely by surprise. I had no idea. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm sure you've experienced it, Donna. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I had a lot more spirit friends than I did um, family, uh, with the exception of my grandparents, because mm-hmm. I was very close to both my grandmothers, and I still feel them every day. <laughs> um, but I had a real interesting experience last night. Uh, I Two days before my ex died, I felt that I was going to hear that he died. Um, I always would know when he'd show up, especially it was always two days before. And I was talking to a friend and saying, how will I feel when he dies? Because who I broke up with is the drug addict, not the guy I fell in love with. But if you can say, was I in love? I was 16 years old when I moved in with him. I was like just 17. So, you know, I, I was I was beginning to process my adulthood, I guess, when he finally died. And that's when I was also healing with my dad, who I was able to stay with for two years sober. Um. So anyhow, uh, last night, something very interesting happened. I, I felt him and I felt him in a loving way, not not in a bad way, in a loving way. And um, the very last reading that I had. I, I I said to the girl I said is someone either dying or or it seems to me like you have somebody that you, that's dying and she burst into tears and she had just found out that her ex-husband had died and it was he was a drunk so it was also substance related and and I I was feeling my ex at the same time this whole reading was happening and I I I felt blessed that I was able to comfort her because I remember how I felt the day he died happened to be two weeks before my father died. So I've had those years too, Hawk, <laughs> um, where, where it's one after another, including animals, you know? <laughs> um, and so, so anyhow, that it, it was, it was pretty profound um, because I felt him, I can't say that I ever felt him mean. I just kind of avoided him. If I did feel him, I would avoid him because I didn't want that whole thing. And then, you know, the whole experience with my son repeating the pattern was a little freaky to me because it was deja vu, you know. Um, And uh, so anyhow, that that is my experience. The other experience that I had is an aunt of mine who was labeled crazy when she was in her 20s. Back in those days, your husband could say she's crazy and put you away. They then would give you, um, ECT and, and Thorazine. And that's basically the way you stayed the rest of your life. Not knowing about Thorazine and what it does to the tongue. I always thought the reason that she spoke and couldn't be understood was because she was crazy because that's what I was told. She's Mm. schizophrenic. She's crazy. Okay. And, um, she wound up in a nursing home for years and years and years so at the very end of her life at the very very end of it I had the time my kids were grown they weren't afraid to go to the nursing home the whole nine yards I visited her but I didn't often because it was uh, it was a distance from my house and and uh you know and like I said you couldn't understand anything she said at least I didn't think you could understand it and I took the time To talk to her and to slow her down so that I could understand what she was saying. Her whole life had been labeled crazy because she talked like this, and then they say Jesus and Satan and and evil and 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 and, you know so schizophrenic. And here she was talking about the transition uh, with Christianity and how Christianity demonized the goddess and demonized. And I did remember when I was a little girl, she used to call me the goddess and, you know, but she was crazy. So I didn't pay attention to it. I, you know, I mean, she taught Latin. She was a master degree, um, classical language person, you know, I mean, so I learned all about mythology. I was very, very young, but never connected it on a spirituality level. Mm. So anyhow, again, she died in July. Why in the world? her, the little thing that I put up about her death came up today. I have no idea except that apparently she is there for my niece too, because my niece two days ago asked about her. She didn't really know her. She said, what was that lady's, what was like, the Ann or something's name that was in that nursing home over in Adenfield?" and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like two days ago. And then this thing comes up and <laughs> randomly, and so, and Carol, I love you, and I know that you're with me, and I know that you knew who I was long before I did. Only I couldn't understand you. I'm sorry I couldn't until the very end. <laughs> and, wow. and it, it was uh, so. She she's one of my even though she is a blood relative, she's probably the one that I, I turn to more often. And I just happen to have her out in the living room. I have my my dead (laughs) altar, you know, I have her ashes. I have my father's ashes out there, a friend of mine's ashes, you know? So, (laughs) yeah. So that, that was uh, my story on that.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks for so much, both of you for sharing. (laughs) And um, I appreciate both of you coming here today and being willing to do, I think we're going to get ahead and get the um, ritual started Um, what I want to say to the audience, to people watching live right now is we're going to do a ritual that you can participate in. Okay. So we're going to do the opening and stuff. Um, but in the middle part, we're going to honor our ancestors and you can totally type your ancestor's name in there and I'll give you direction on exactly what to do. So I just want to let everybody know that if you're watching right now, welcome. I'm glad you're here and we are about to do a public ritual that you can participate in so um so i wanted to include everyone and it is meant to be very queer and i'm doing that on purpose and i appreciate your help cricket and seeing this vision and knowing um that you know as lgbtqia people and um that that we also count Um, And so I want to know that you're seen, regardless of how you might identify, um, whether you're gender variant or trans or um, gay or lesbian or however it comes for you, bisexual, pansexual, or if you're an ally or intersex, um, all of you are valid and you matter. And that's what this is all about. So uh, first, what's that? I got it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So first tonight we celebrate Halloween, Samhain, Spirit Night, All Hallows' Eve. In modern life, tis a time of great fun. Haunted houses, children's costumes, treats for all and one. But Samhain is also a point of magical power for celebrating the dead, their stories we empower ancestors and the beloved departed come in all varieties blood adopted of the heart mentors within chosen societies ancestors share lessons shine a light and give perspective and balance in knowing them we understand ourselves our habits and our talents. As the dark descends, the wheel turns, the veils become thin, sacred ancestors, we call to you. Join us as we begin.
3: Air, ancestors of the East and the rising sun, we honor and welcome you. The circle has begun shape-shifter, gender-bender, air holds all possibilities. If we can think it, we can be it. Air breathes life into reality. The voices who came before us, the choices that they made, shape what is now both light and dark, from stonewall to pride parade. The learning continues, the path is long, we each add our impression upon it. Ancestors of air, grace our thoughts, this lifetime and beyond it.
2: Ancestors of the South and the noonday sun, we honor and welcome you to this circle, everyone. Siren song, divine trickster, fire fuels ambition. If we can want it, we can be it. Fire ignites our motivation. Those who danced before us, the actions and risks that they took. From Alfred Kinsey to Compton's cafeteria, our ancestors, the world shook. The work continues, the path is long. We each burn our mark upon it. Ancestors of fire kindle our desire this
1: lifetime and
2: beyond it.
1: Ancestors of the West and the setting sun, we honor and welcome you as the circle we form. Illusionist, enchanter, water guides our emotions. If we can feel it, we can be it. Water propagates all notions. The storms that came before us, washing old information away. From the body politic to World AIDS Day, ancestors led the way. The flow continues. The path is long. We each leave our inscription upon it. Ancestors of water, lift our hearts. This lifetime and beyond it. Ancestors of the
2: North. And the midnight sun, we honor and welcome you, our circle now spun. The shoulders upon which we stand, earth carries us forward. If we can do it, we can be it. Earth manifests all in this world. The reality that came before us turned upside down to right itself. From Ellen DeGeneres to same-gender marriage, ancestors teach us to love ourselves. The journey continues. The path is long. We leave our signature upon it. Ancestors of Earth, you live in our bones this lifetime and beyond it.
0: Ancestors of Spirit, the light of the One, We honor and welcome you as below, so above. Universal truth, magic incarnate is of what we each are made. If we are present, we can be it from first breath to past the grave. Sacred understanding lies within us. We are each here with purpose to future leaders, marchers, organizers. We are the ancestors chorus. Life ever continues. The path is long and we find our soul upon it. Ancestors of spirit, walk with us now, this lifetime and beyond
1: it. Thank you, Cricket, for such beautiful words.
3: As always, Cricket.
1: Well done. (laughs) Well
0: done. And so on this high holiday, I wanted to each one of us to take a turn and to say at least one ancestor, their name, because I believe there is power in stating their name. You don't have to use their last name if you don't want and uh, state their name and what they gave you before they passed or maybe Mm -hmm. in their passing um, or what you learned from them, what you, what you can be grateful for about Mm -hmm. their life, what their life did for you. And so if we can each say one, at least one ancestor, you can say two or three. And if you put them in the chat, I will read them out loud and add to the power of our ritual here. So I will begin. And one ancestor, I have a couple ancestors I want to honor. First will be Karen Murphy. Hmm. Karen Murphy, I want to thank you For all of the witchy mama stuff you did. And I know you're not real kind on those words. Witchy mama. But that's what you were to me. Thank you for the path to astrology. The path to vegetarianism. Mm -hmm. The path to tarot. And even the path to magic. So, And the path to gardening. Thank you Karen Murphy. Mm -hmm. Thank you to my father Robert Taylor. Thank you for all you gave to me including the desire and the ability and the wisdom to see beyond what the eyes behold. Mm. In your blindness, you are wise. Thank you for the unconditional love and thank you for the presence and the songs and the music and the stories we listen to together. And... One last drag queen, and I, I'm not going to say her name, but because she passed the way she did, I'm going to honor her for mm-hmm. honoring me, for seeing me. And in that was a gift for her seeing me as the drag king that I was. Mm-hmm. And I was honored to give you my clothes. <laughs> so, in that, those are my ancestors.
1: You want to go next? No, I'll go okay. last and I'll play some music. <laughs> okay. Cricket?
2: Um, I spoke of it briefly earlier in uh, a group that I uh, was close with for many years up in Chicago. We would have a spirit tree each year and honor ancestors for that year. And they didn't have to have died in that year. And we could e- even put them on the tree from the year before and so forth um and i, I got a, a hit one time that the names that i was calling for were kind of the names the energy that i was asking to come into the dark with me and you know we, we could put names up there that were very close family or friends or mentors but also like you had said before people that we didn't even know you know because um for example the tv show mash was very instrumental and very important to me at a time in my life it, that i needed some laughter and as the writers and actors from that television show have passed over the years. I've, I've brought their name into the dark with me because we could all use a little humor in our lives. And these people really were very instrumental in um, some of the things that, that made me and saved me, you know. So this year, I've noticed that my, my names at this moment are all um, male, but the first one is uh, Frank Barney who was the founder and owner of Brushwood Folklore Center, where many of us have gone, where Starwood got its start. Um, And he was just a significant father, a significant figure, a significant friend to so many, you know, and, and made us all feel like family, which was just a profound feeling for me. So I am grateful to have known him for so very long. And um, grateful that he's free now, you know, after a long, a long challenging time. And the next one is someone I don't know in person, but um, was, and he's not really an ancestor because he was younger than me when he died, right? But um, a filmmaker, uh, Myron Dewey, who was a Native American filmmaker that was associated, one of the filmmakers associated with with Standing Rock and and getting the word out to people in various communities. And, um, he died unexpectedly in a car accident a couple weeks ago. And it was very, uh, I've had a few friends where that happened. You talk to them one day and then the next day, right. That morning you get word that there was a car accident last night or whatever. And so that, that was startling. And so I carried that energy with me into the dark because, um, of a voice that makes a difference, you know, of someone that's not afraid to, 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 what is it? To make good trouble. And <laughs> um, a third name that I that I hold in my heart this, this year in the dark is uh, Dusty Hill, the bassist from ZZ Top because they also, their, their music, um, the times I was able to get out and, and go to their concerts um, was another bright point in, in a dark time and uh, meant a lot to me. So I, mm. to remember to not, to not take ourselves too seriously, right? And the last one is actually a group, um, and we have nurses that you know, hang a ribbon on the tree for the patients that died on their, during the last year of their work and so forth. Different people have groups like that, uh, the victims of 9-11. And my, uh, a group that really struck me this year were the people that, passed, that perished during the collapse of the Florida apartment buildings. And so while they're not my ancestors and they have no direct at this time connection to me, I feel a connection to them and just to the intense amount of energy that went through that whole situation and how it brought a nation together for a moment. And so I carry that uh, lesson with me as well. Thank you.
0: Okay.
3: Donna? Uh- I, I I would be here all night, so I'm going to pick and choose. Yeah, just pick right. one or two. Yeah. Right. Um. So so some of the people that were killed by the young man out in um was it Illinois, um that you know he went and shot them, and now everybody's saying, well, you're not allowed to call them a victim. I'm like, what the heck is that? Um. So I'm praying that that will change things in some way, shape, or form, even if it's only a little bit, because obviously a lot of the things that go on in our country have been going on for years and years and years and years. It's just that it's been brought to the surface you now. Um, anyway, my Aunt Carol, who I mentioned earlier, um, I, I want to uh, thank her for teaching me about the goddess and verifying who I was at her death with clear words and, um, teaching me to astral project, uh, long before I even knew about paganism, <laughs> um, you know, believing in who I was as a young girl. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to honor her tonight and also a friend of mine named Anita who taught me about, I should say girl friendship because having so many brothers Um, it it was a, um, a real, real difficult for me to connect with women because my mother was so, however she was, (laughs) um, and, and, uh, so I, I'm, I'm thinking of Anita today and she kind of showed up today too. So it was, it was, uh, that's the reason that I'm going to talk about her. And uh, she was a, a very blessed girlfriend of mine and died tragically. Some of the deaths in my life, and I'm sure in everybody's life, some of them hit you harder than others. That one was a real rough one to get over because she was my best friend and my only confidant. And, and and it was quite difficult, quite difficult when she passed. She was only 36. Um, and uh, I know that I have ancestors that look out for me besides the ones that I know. But in particular, there was a, a an aunt of mine named Helene, who absolutely knew who I was, would try to hint to me who I was, would try to take me to the Indian reservations and do whatever she offered to take me around the world. And I stayed home for my ex-husband instead. So, <laughs> um, so, and Helene, you are always with me and I love you dearly. And that's for tonight.
1: Fantastic.
0: Thank you both for sharing. Bright Hawk is going to ha- give us some music.
1: So the first one I want to honor is uh, my oldest sister, Teresa. This piece I composed at her bedside. I guess you could say, you know, you learn a lot from your older siblings, good, bad, or otherwise. Teresa taught me about kindness, about patience, about doing the right thing the first time. <laughs> like, save yourself some trouble, do the right thing the first time, okay? Okay. Was a good one about kindness, about love, being loving. And it's a little weird being older than she was when she passed. She was 53, and I'm 56 now. And And as long as we're talking about Teresa, my sister, I also want to mention Teresa, my grandmother. Tere, Terece, my maternal grandmother. We feel her a lot in this house. She literally was a Rosie the Riveter. So I guess you could say I learned a lot about strength, about being a strong woman, being willing to be your own, Individualist self, not be afraid to work hard. She was also amazing as a chef. You know, she would have just always something was cooking in the kitchen. House always smelled amazing. And she had an amazing ability to. So she could look at an outfit and sew it. She could create patterns without any, uh, without any assistance. She could figure stuff out and sew it up, and sew it and make outfits that you were like, "How did you do that?" <laughs> so to the strength of Teresa. Bill Hines who I feel almost all the time I told you guys the story last week of when I was talking about him at a Let's Dance program and an elderly gentleman turned and told me that well he's standing right next to you There's a whole mob of angels standing next to you.
3: And I always felt like
1: when I played their music, they would be literally right there. And his twinkle in his eye. Oh, man. What didn't I learn from my dad? I learned a lot from him. I learned about being a storyteller about making people feel good about being in your presence. About being of service, That it's a good thing and it'll give you rewards you cannot imagine. How much I loved being his little girl. Number seven. With seven kids, he still managed to make me feel special. And while I often did not feel seen by my mom, I did feel seen by my dad. And the gift we give each other, when we acknowledge each other's gifts, show what you do to help people in the rainbows queer community feel seen it is a wonderful thing Once the people wrote in, you, I can keep playing. And- yep. I think that's exactly what we'll do. All
0: right. And then we're going to finish up and close the ritual. So, Sandy Griffith, Griffin, Sandy, she said, Ruth, she gave me life and taught me how to be a good human. And have compassion for everyone. Yay Ruth.
2: Okay.
0: Thank you, Ruth. Hmm. And Dorothy Morris. I've been feeling my grandmother's presence a lot. She was humble in her achievements yet sassy and independent she made me feel valued like no other adult in my life she died when I was 12 after having been sick with cancer and in our home for many months she was so strong and wanted to stay but finally she let go and let God all of our ancestors. To all of those that came before us.
2: May we honor them.
0: May we honor them in their perfection and imperfection. And we appreciate all of them for exactly who they were. And we are their chorus i love that line we are their chorus because our ancestors as you age you start to realize that what you're leaving behind the next generation that's coming behind you you just want the best for them that's right and frankly as i see the younger generation coming up with the gender bending and all the messages and the beauty that y'all carry because I think you're absolutely fabulous the younger generation I think you guys are gifted amazing beings and I think you have a beautiful light to shine in the world and I'm just trying to be that person that I needed when I was 22
1: right (laughs)
0: it gets better (laughs) so to all of you thank you for walking your path because we need you too just like we needed our ancestors to walk their path. Yeah. Now we're going to go ahead and close up our ritual space here. Hail and farewell, sacred ancestors of spirit. Your wisdom we imbibe, your message we hear it. The path is long as life ever continues. In you, we find our direction. Ancestors of spirit ever present, always beckoning forever in connection. We in the now look to what has been so as to see the way forward. As you have given the charge to us, So shall we pass it ever onward. Go if you must, ancestor spirits, stay as you will. Through you, we understand the way forward, though human still.
2: Hail and farewell, blessed ancestors of earth. Your experience we gather, your life we give worth. The path is long as our journey ever continues. Through you we gain our footing. Ancestors of earth, continuous reality, unceasingly enduring. We in the now walk the talk we were taught so as to move the way forward. As you have tossed the ball to us, so shall we pass it. Ever onward go if you must earth ancestors stay as you will with you we see the way forward your lessons instilled
1: hail and farewell wonderful ancestors of water your song we embrace as we learn to surrender the path is long the flow ever continues with you we find the way Ancestors of water, divine and conjurer, sacred fluidity you portray. We in the now clear the old, seeking truth as we feel our way forward. For as you have lifted the cup to us, so shall we pass it over onward. Go if you must, Earth ancestors, stay as you will. From you we intuit the way forward crystal clear
2: Distilled. Hail and farewell, bright ancestors of fire. Your challenge we meet as we soar ever higher. The path is long, the work ever continues. You show us both light and dark. Ancestors of fire, storyteller and seer, you provide the sacred spark. We in the now carry the torch, continuing to blaze the way forward. As you have handed the flame to us, so shall we pass it ever onward. Go if you must fire ancestors, stay as you will. Like you, we illuminate the way forward as destiny wills.
3: Air. Hail and farewell, beautiful ancestors of air. You give the breath of life to all of our prayers. The path is long, learning always, continues for you give us every chance, ancestors of air, transmuters and shifters. Through you, we learn to dance. We in the now share our voices as we experience the way forward for you have bestowed the story upon us to pass it ever forward. Go if you must dare, ancestors, stay as you will. Because of you, we embody the way forward, reality to build. These were absolutely beautiful.
0: Merry meet, merry, merry part, and, 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 and merry meet, meet again.
3: Yes. Yes. Like <laughs> I always love that
1: part. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good, Cricket. Thanks so much for putting such beautiful hey, words in you know. my <laughs>
0: I got to go. We love, love you, Donna. Guys. We love you. Bye-bye. And as we come to the close of the show, I thought I would offer a tarot reading um, just to say good night. And so this is the deck. Love is love. It's a collaborative deck. Um, and it, each card is done by a different LGBTQIA artist. You can find them online. And I'm going to pull three cards, and the three cards are meant for anyone listening right now live or if you're listening later on. Either way, they're still for you, okay? And take what you like, leave the rest, as this is a reading for everyone. And right now, I'm pulling the first card, (laughs) Which is actually a really special card. You have to kind of look close at this person. They have the infinity symbol above their head. Which means a lot of things in different communities. She has a dol- They have a dolphin behind them. Or her. I'm going to use her. And if you look at her necklace. It is the transgender colors. Let's take a look at the necklace she has on. Now she's riding like a- an odd looking lion. Right? And the lion kind of. Looks like, um, like almost like a lion fish, right? Like a merlion or something like yeah. that, right? And so this this card represents our power in emotion, and as the strength card, it represents how we gain strength from our emotional experience. So remember, any experience you might be having. That is emotional, especially that triggers you or leaves you feeling um, lesser than or anything like that. Just know that that is giving you strength. And that's what this card is all about. It's to remind you of your emotional strength. And the next card is the Eight of Swords, which is about being held in, about being able to not necessarily seeing what we need to see and not being able To spread our wings, if you will, or to be able to express ourselves fully. And some of us may feel like that right now, maybe because we're isolated, maybe because there's not as big of parties as there used to be or festivals or whatever it is that's keeping you from connecting to others. And so that's what this is all about. This is about the caged feeling, about that feeling of not being able to express yourself. But remember, you do have emotional strength, okay? Okay. And the next card is the two of pentacles. And this this character is balancing, balancing their gifts and balancing what they have and balancing their gifts to the world. And that's what's happening here is to remind us that although we may be holding back, we may be held back a little bit, that we actually have something to offer the world. And here it is. And you can notice, see how this person is standing on that infinity symbol in the heart. That's because if you notice back here on the strength card, that infinity symbol is above her head. And that is in this, in this reading, it's important because as you can see, you can stand on that strength and offer your gifts forward, stand on the strength of your emotional troubles and hold it forward and offer your gifts to the world. So thank you. I just I am I'm honored to be able to offer you all a reading on Sowen, and I want to wish all of you happy Samhain. Thank you, Cricket, for coming and being part and writing. It's a beautiful <laughs> opening. Thank you
2: for having me. This was fun. It's always a joy.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad you had a good time. It's really <laughs> special, eh? Thank you, Breadhawk, for your beautiful music. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure indeed. And your big, big heart and all the beauty that you offer the world.
1: I appreciate you. Isn't this one great? I love this one so much. <laughs> Thank you all. It's been grand. Thank you, Donna, too. Well, I'm so glad that you that you could come,
0: Sandy. I'm so glad you were able to participate. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Next week, we're going to be talking more about our ancestors. And this time, we're going to be talking about ancestor magic. How to call in your ancestors to manifest what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to have Amanda Moore on Mm -hmm. with me, who's uh, also an artist. But she also Mm. dabbles in this magic. And so we thought it would be a fun topic to talk about. So next week, next Sunday, same time, same place. And thank you to this Facebook user. I usually work Sundays, so this was a treat. What a great... I'm so glad you could catch us. And, you know, if you don't get to watch it on Sunday Night Live, it, the, the best part about watching it is live is that we can interact with you, right? But, um, oh, it's it's still Dikini. Okay, cool. I was going to say, I think... Dikini, there's some way you can accept um, StreamYard, so then I can see your name. Um, so and uh, so, anyway... If you get to watch it live, you get to interact with us. If you don't watch it live, you can watch the recording later and still see the guests we have on. And um, you can still interact, you can still message and I'll, I'll often see your comment, and we'll come back behind and, and uh, comment back. So, um, Thank you so much for sharing, for following, for commenting, especially sharing it on your timeline. It's a great way to support us. If you're looking at my t-shirt, check it
1: out. Oh, yeah. Rainbow, rainbow Soul. Soul shirt because non-binary is sacred. Rainbow Soul podcast.
0: Yeah. So if you want to support the show right now, our website is in transition. So you might get an error, but keep just bookmark <laughs> rainbow dot show It's about to go live any day now. It's right on the edge. And so thank you for watching. We appreciate you. Thank you, audience. You are the number one reason I'm here every Sunday.
1: Yeah.
0: So good night. And sweet. Have a sweet Samhain. Good night.
1: May the blessings of the ancestors be with you forever. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul, a queer perspective on spirituality beyond religion. We appreciate you sharing the show on your timeline. Follow us on social media of your choice and join our Facebook group, Rainbow Soul. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas for Hollis and Lacrosse. Explore upcoming shows and interesting guests. The Rainbow Soul Facebook group where we build community of questioning seekers. Rainbow Soul, where spirituality is our medicine.